welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Kids channel. We'll take you behind the scenes and preview new movies and DVD releases. Now, here are your hosts for Kids First Coming Attractions. Hey, and welcome. It's me, Morgan Brian Birch. Thank you for listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. I am super excited, and today we are going to be talking to some fantastic topics, such as the Emoji Movie, Dunkirk, Ballerin in the City of a Thousand Planets, Kiwi, Season 1, and also Miss Millie Questions, Season 1. So, let's get started. We are going to be talking about, about the Emoji Movie, with Miss Ayami. So let's get started. She is from New York and she is 15 years old. So how are you doing today? I'm well. How are you? I'm doing terrific. So I know that you just got done seeing the Emoji movie. So what were your perspectives about this? Because it is absolutely hilarious. Um, well, I really loved the movie. It was very kid-friendly and funny and it had some humorous scenes in it. I think a lot of ages will definitely loved it. Love it. I loved it a lot, and I'm 15, and, and it's it's like a kid movie, but I think all ages could really love this and get a laugh out of it. So, what were what did you think about the animation? Because I know this is an animated film. I thought the animation was really good. It was very the colors were very vibrant and. It looked like the emojis looked exactly like the emojis on the phone. So I think it was very well animated. I know they have a bunch of colorful emojis in here. So I know that they actually depict them really well and that they're all different kinds of aspects in them. So what do you think about the voiceovers? I think the voiceovers were really put together and well, like, organized because I thought every emoji, like, the voiceovers in the movies they matched each emoji, and it was, like, perfectly well out and well acted, and I thought it was really well, like, put. Yeah, because they have a bunch of different ones, and each one of them really do shine in this movie, and they all are really silly, and they each really do show their perspectives of characters really well, and I do like that, and the way that each one of them shows their characteristics really is fun and silly and goofy. So what do you think about the way that they were able to capture each emoji and be able to really um, bring out the way that emojis are so wildly popular today? Because we use them every single day in every single text almost. Yeah, I, I think that a lot of it has to do with the acting and the cast. Like each cast member acted out their character very well and put their best effort forward. And I think that has a really... Um, big impact on the characters and how the movie was produced and how what the message is so I think it has to do a lot with the acting so two thumbs up for me for that definitely or high fives because high five is definitely a huge character in the movie right and also what did you think the mess what did you think the message of this film was because I've heard a lot of different things about the message messages in this film yeah, I think the overall message of the film is to learn how to accept yourself and who you are and not matter about what other people think about you. You know, Gene had a lot of trouble figuring out who he was and why he wasn't like the rest of the emojis. So he wanted to be normal. But, you know, without giving any spoilers, he learned to accept himself. And I think that's a very good message for the film 
message for the kids to know and like learn about because they could use it in their daily lives and learn to accept and love themselves and grow in confidence. Yeah, because everybody does have to learn to be confident about themselves because almost everybody does give you a little bit of something like you should be more like this person or more like that person and they don't really accept you. So, you know, you just got to learn to accept yourself at times. And other than that, do you think there are any other messages in this film or do you think that's the main one? I think that's the main one to, you know, accept yourself and it's okay okay to be unique. I think it was, it's a very powerful message, so yeah. Yes, definitely. I mean, it is a huge message. We all do need to learn it. And honestly, I do agree. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. Today we're talking about some fantastic things, such as the Emoji Movie featured in um, Valerine in the City of a Thousand Planets, Kikawiki Season 1, and Miss Millie's Question Season 1. And right now we're talking to Ayami, who is in New York, and she is age 15. So let's continue our interview about the Emoji Movie. So we were just talking about the message of the film. And so what did you think about the way that each emoji was drawn? Because they each had, like, a little aspect about them. Because they had, like, a little different them. They had the loser lounge. They also had the regular emojis. And they all combined them into one aspect, which was the phone. I think each emoji was drawn to T. Like, like I said before, I think each emoji kind of looks like the ones in the phone. And I think it was very well, um, you know, animated. Because at first I was a little skeptical. Like, I thought I wasn't going to look exactly like the ones in the phone, but it really does. And I think it's so interesting how their life is in the phone and how they make a storyline and an actual home for the emojis in Alex's mobile phone. And I think it's really cool how they go to each app and how there's a different story and characters for each app and how they make it come to life. Yeah, I can definitely agree with that, Imani. And also, what did you think about the humor? Because I've seen a bunch of trailers, and I think that some of the humor is actually really kiddish, kiddish. is really, really, you know, it all combines to me. Yeah, I think the, um, the humor, was, humor was, was really good. I liked it. I found myself laughing a few times, and some of the adults in the theater as well. I think now, like, animated movies are really stepping up with their humor, like, trying to open up the audience for people. So I think it was really good. And the actors and actresses also put forth the humor. They also add to that. So I think that's really good. Yeah, and what would you say your favorite scene would have to be in this film, and why? I would say my favorite scene is when Gene realizes his his uniqueness from the other emojis. Like, it goes back to the overall message to spread positivity and be confident in yourself. Like, he was having trouble finding out who he was as an emoji, but he just needed a little push from his friends. And I think it's very beautiful that they incorporated that in the movie, especially for a kid's movie, because it sends a powerful message out for them. Yes, and kids do need to learn that. And I understand that, definitely. I know that they do have a bunch of different actors in this, and I know that there is a bunch of different characters, so who is your favorite character, and why? I would have to say my favorite character 
is Jailbreak, played by Anna Ferris, because she has this secrecy side to her in the movie, but she's also really funny and she's a really big part in the movie. She has a really big role in helping, helping Gene realize who he is and isn't who she who is. She is. So I think she had she would have to be my favorite character. And the, yeah, I know she does have really a lot of seriousness to her, and I really do like that as well. And I know that a bunch of the other characters are really funny and everything, and I think that's really adorable the way that they were able to create that. So what would you have to say would be the age range for this film? I definitely encourage all ages to watch this film because there are many scenes that everyone can enjoy and relate to. But there are some scenes that um, are suitable for the younger crowd, probably like five to ten years old. But teens and the whole family should definitely go and see this to get a kick out of it. Yeah, because it, it does seem very wide to me. And what would you say the star rating for this would be, in your opinion? Um, I rate this probably four out of five stars because I love the storyline, the wonderful cast, the animation, the overall message, and a lot more. Well, I wanted to say thank you so much. It is fantastic talking to you. And also, T.J. Miller, who played like, like, a fantastic job. Anna Ferris, who plays Gerald Break, is absolutely hilarious. The rest of the characters are really fantastic. So yeah. make sure to check out the Emoji Movie as soon as possible. And you're, let's take a break. I am Morgan Brian Birch in sunny California, age 12, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. And our sponsor for the day is the one and only magnificent My Little Pony Equestria Girls Magical Movie Night. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Jerry Orris, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We were just talking about the brand new film, The Motion Movie. Now we're going to, to go into a more intense turn, and we're going to be talking about the war film, Dunkirk. We're going to be speaking with the critics, Lucia, who yeah. is 18 and from New York City, and also we're going to be speaking with Arjun, who is 15 and from Nashville, about Dunkirk. 
So, Lucia, let's start with you. What did you think about Dunkirk? Well, I really wanted to see this movie with my dad, and I had so many expectations. I had, like, really high expectations, and I just loved it. So I had to see it again. I think I, I, I think I saw it like two days ago again. That's how good it was. Well, yeah, it definitely seems like a fantastic film. But Arjun, what did you think of it? Uh, this is probably my most anticipated movie of the year since I am Christopher Nolan. He's my favorite director. I loved every single one of his movies. Um, Inception's my favorite movie. And I gotta say, this movie really impressed me. First of all, I wasn't too much interested in the concept of like focusing on the Dunkirk evacuation, but the fact that this movie had me on, like, the edge of my seat for the whole time, like, really caring for the characters and, like, the suspense of the situation. And I also watched it in an IMAX theater, which made every single thing so much more intense. I recommend you watch it in IMAX. But, yeah, this is definitely a really good movie. The cinematography by Hoyt Van Hoytima, sorry for mispronounce his name, is great. And, of course, the musical score by Hans Zimmer is just also great. Like, it all mixes together to create one of the best movies I've seen. Yeah, they all are just fantastic, fantastic people. And it definitely looks like a stupendous film. But, Arjun, I'm going to ask you another question. How, what do you think of it as a war film? Because I know a lot of veterans who were actually at that event said that it made them rethink about the past and about the fights they were in. So what was the intensity? What was the drama like to, to a viewer? So I don't think this is like a traditional war movie because in, in a traditional war movie, it's like all action, 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 which to the point there is all action, 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 but it's shown from the perspective of the soldiers and like what they are going through, like the turmoil and like the threat they face from like the enemies such as the Germans and all. It was really, really nice to watch because like you could just tell how like intense these soldiers were. And I thought it was a really unique perspective to show it from like just how what they were facing. Well, I do like that perspective, kind of making the viewer feel like the smaller person, making them have to appreciate the scale of things. Now, Lucia, we've been talking about the director, Christopher Nolan, but he's not just the director, he's also the writer. So what did you think of the story and how it flows? I thought the story was spectacular because I've never seen a movie where there's like not a lot of lines, but there's like so much visual on this in, in the movie, like... Um, you could just tell that 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 the story would would just go more on the war, except instead of just like talking about like what the soldiers are up to. It was just yeah, I liked how it was more visually than what they were saying. I just thought it was amazing. You, you know, I've heard that from several people now that it really wasn't more about the dialogue; but it was more about what they were showing itself. Archer, right. Yeah, and that sounds amazing. So, I'm assuming the acting must be good. Arjun, what did you think of the cast? Alright, so I thought the cast was really good. Like, they're not the most well-known actors, but I feel like after this movie, they're going to get, like, their boost in the in the acting world. So, like, the it's split into three plots, and, like, one of the plot is... It's, like, just about, like, the soldiers on the ground and how they're trying to take refugee from the Germans. And the main characters in those were Tommy and Alex, I believe, who were played by Fionn Whitehead and Harry Styles. Harry Styles. Yeah. And I thought their acting was really good. The fact that they don't really speak, but they show, like, just what they're facing through, like, their eyes and the way they react to everything was just amazing. And, of course, um, there's a subplot involving the sea. 
not really subplot. There's like three main plots and they sort of interact together, if you know what I mean, in the sea. And it, it involved this family who's trying to evacuate everyone out there. Like they're trying to help in the evacuation. I thought that was really well portrayed by Mark Rylance, who's like the main father involved in it. And um, then there's the air subplot, air plot, which involves Tom Hardy's character, who's basically like, he's on the air side of things. He's trying to like stop anyone who tries to bomb the boats, which was used in the evacuation. And I really like the intensity presented because he sort of, he has an amount of like gallons he needs to travel on the airplane. And if he over, like he, he has to sort of calculate it and I thought that was a really well side presented. It, it, it does sound amazing. I do like there are three plots. Uh, Mark Rellance's character, by the way, was Mr. Dawson and Tom Hardy's character is Farrier. And I kind of like that, how it gives three different perspectives because it is it was a very massive event in history and with a lot of different aspects. You're listening to Kiss First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. And right now we are speaking to Lucia, who is 18 from New York City, and Arjun, who is 15 from Nashville, on the brand new war film by Christopher Nolan, Dunkirk. Uh, Lucia, let's go back to you. What would you say is your favorite aspect of the film? Would you say it's the action, the writing, the cinematography? I'd say the... That's really that's hard, hard because I thought everything was amazing from the writing to the acting, everything. But I, but gotta, I gotta say, say the, acting the acting because here's the thing. I've never seen Harry Styles act like in a, in a, in like a real movie, but I felt like... Not just because I I used to love One Direction, but some of it, but most of the time, it's just, like, getting to know, like, the real him, and, like, I saw it was just phenomenal, like, like how he reacted to everything, and I was so impressed at, like, how he, that, that all the actors, actually, were, they were swimming so much, and sometimes I was on the edge of my seat for that one, because... Because there was one scene when they were they were covered in I think it was oil or something or I guess it was that and then they uh they had to keep swimming to get to the boat and then uh, yeah. Well, it all sounds like it fantastic and it definitely the cast does seem amazing. So instead of different perspectives, Arjun, what would be your favorite scene? All right, my favorite scene. That's a really hard question, but I think it has to go to the part where they reach the boat. But what they don't realize is that the Germans are using it for target practice. This is definitely the most intense in the movie, just because it's sort of just like they're lonely, and it's really just like like in a confined space. And like you can tell the intensity. Like If they look out to one of the holes, they could just get shot and like killed. And it was just really intense. And then to add on to that, it, the boat is also about to sink because the holes which are shot into the boat are attracting water in. And, I mean, they have to they have to try to swim to safety. This is definitely the most intense scene in the movie. And I, mean, I think it's just a mix of everything. The soundtrack, the acting, and, like, the cinematography, which made the scene what it is. Now, we've talked about a lot of different aspects. And you mentioned earlier that Hans Zimmer, the fantastic Hans Zimmer, did a score on this film. So can you talk about that a little bit? Why was it so good? How did it contribute, etc.? All right, so the reason why I think Hans Zimmer's score works so good, even though it's considered a cliche, he uses the ticking clock sound effect, which works really good to the movie's effect. It adds to the intensity of the movie, and it feel like a cliche. Like, it really adds to the movie. Like, you can just feel the situations the characters are in, and I think that's really what made his score really good, and, it, and his score also has, like, a... It's just a really intense, like, tone to it, which... 
it's just adds to the movie's flair. Hans Zimmer is definitely a genius. So, Lucia, this seems like a pretty mature film. What age range would you give it? Since there's so, there's so much intensity, I give it to 15 to 18 because for younger viewers below 15, some points I thought I was in the war, and yeah, sometimes it got too intense. And sometimes the gunshots would, would come out of nowhere, so uh, I I kept covering my ears through the... Um, for most of the for most of the movie because you like you just don't know when oh, when the gun shots will just will just come out. Come out. It definitely yeah, seems definitely like it has a fantastic audio mixing job on it. Now let's see yeah. how many stars would you give it? I give it five out of five stars because I thought the acting was amazing. The um the music was phenomenal by by Hans Zimmer. And uh I and, and I just like, uh, I just like how the visuality, um, I, I just liked how that there was so more, there was so much more visuality than, than speaking in there, than, than dialogue. It was just, that's, that's the part that stood me out, which was the visuality of the movie. You know, a lot of people think that dialogue and acting is the most important part of the film, but I think films right. like this really show that cinematography is just as crucial, or if not more crucial, than acting. So, right. Ar- so Arjun, same questions for you. What age range do you give it, and how many stars do you give it? All right, so I think I'd go to, with the 12 to 18, because there's practically, it's there's not a lot of blood, and like you don't, you don't really feel like disgusted by the movie, but it's the intensity that really makes it like mature, because like I think younger audiences would easily just get like too intense from this, like they would feel too intense from this movie, and you know, it's really just the character situations and everything that adds to the movie, and the fact that I watched it in IMAX theater and the gunshots came out of nowhere, it's like all of that mixed together, which makes it like really intense. And I'd also give it, like, a 5 out of 5 stars. I think this is, like, a masterpiece, like, just from all sides of the spectrum. The acting, the the music, the cinematography. Well, Dunkirk definitely sounds like a phenomenal film. I mean, Christopher Nolan is the master of intensity. He knows how to play it very well. Thank you so much, Lucia, for talking to me about Dunkirk. Thank you. And thank you, Arjun, as well. Yeah. For our viewers, if you'd like to check it out, it seems like Arjun said it's going to be a fantastic film to see in IMAX. It is out now, so definitely check it out. Let's take a break. I'm Jerry Ors, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions, and this week's show is sponsored by My Little Pony Equestria Girls Magical Movie Night. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? 
Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hey, and welcome back. I am Morgan Brian Birch, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We have been talking about some fantastic things, such as the Emoji Movie, Dunkirk. Also, we are going to be talking about Kiwi. Also, Miss Millie Questions, Season 1. And we are going to be talking about, right now, about Valerie and the City of a Thousand Planets, with Tristan from Dallas, who is age 14, and also Arjun from um, Nashville, who is age 15. So how are you two boys doing? Let's start off with Tristan. Uh, I'm doing fine. How about you? I'm doing terrific. And how about you, Arjun? Yeah, I'm doing fine over here. So I know that you just got done seeing this fabulous film. So what did you think about the graphics? Because I do know that this is a sci-fi film. Let's start off with you, Arjun. Well, I got to say, this movie's special effects are really the best thing about the movie. Not that everything else is bad, but wow, the movie just looks visually good. Definitely the best special effects of the year so far. It just looks amazing. Like, the environments, you can tell, like, whoever is behind the special effects, they really put all their time and effort into creating Alpha, which is the city of a thousand planets, and just the way it looks, and all of the other environments in the movie. And I gotta say, this movie looks better than Avatar. Wow, that's pretty huge. And what do you think about the special effects, Tristan? I have to agree with Arjun. This movie was so amazing because of the special effects. I I liked so much stuff about this movie, but the biggest thing for me has to be the special effects. The thing about Alpha and the City of a Thousand Planets is that there's all these different species of alien, and I feel like each one of them was designed different enough from the other that they all looked unique and you could tell them apart. And I I just love that about designs, because I liked I like artwork and that kind of aspect to it, and that just, it kept me, I think it, the visuals really keep you ca- captivated throughout the whole movie. Yeah, because I've seen that the I've seen a couple of trailers, and the visuals in this are just stunning, honestly, the way that they combine all the different aliens, as well as the spaceships, and every single planet is simply fantastic, the way that they are able to draw them all and put them into the special effects is just fascinating to me. And speaking about that, what did you think about the aliens and the way that they were able to design them specifically? Because I think that they were all really different and unique in my point of view. Um, Let's start off with you, Tristan. Oh, yeah. Like I said, they're all different enough from each other that they all looked unique and you could tell them apart. Yeah, I have to agree with them on that. I, I really think the aliens had this distinct look to them. And they didn't really look like your average alien from, like, another sci-fi movie. They, they looked all different, and there's many types of species here. Like, there's one in this sort of a desert, desert-like planet. Um, 
which um, the aliens are like really big and huge and scary and bulky. And then the main aliens we deal with here who sort of are like kind of like fish-like people. I don't know how to explain it. And they have like this pet animal that can reproduce other objects. Like say if they put a pearl in, they can ma get many other pearls from this animal, which I thought was a unique concept. Wow, that is very unique. And I know that there are many different actors in this. So what did you think about the acting in this film? Let's start off with you, Arjun. All right, so I thought the acting in this movie was probably just the worst element of the movie. Not that the all of the acting is bad, but I really feel like the two leads, like, they did a good job, but I, I didn't really buy them as, like, you know, the biggest, like, heroes in the galaxy. They just seem like two normal teenagers to me, to be honest. But I think they did all an all right job with what they were given, and I, and I still was able to buy into their characters and, like, the way the plot is. I really liked Clive Owen's character as Commander Phillip. I thought he was really interesting. He has this sort of like more sinister side to him, but he also seems to be, he acts like he's this hero, but you can tell he's keeping this really dark secret, which I really like to see. And I also really liked Rihanna's character, who plays an alien called Bubble, which I thought that was a unique concept. She can just shapeshift into anything she wants, and her normal form is like this blob-like alien, She's not in the movie for long, but in the parts she is in the movie for, it was really, I really like to see her character. And of course, I have to talk about um, Sam Sproul, who plays General Octobar. Um, I like how he's the one who's sort of investigating Clive Owen's character on, like, what he is doing with those classified files, which I thought was really interesting. Like, he's, he's one who wants to find out the truth behind the corrupt federation that they all work for. Well, that sounds very interesting and fascinating as well. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. Today we're talking about some fascinating things such as the Emoji Movie, Dunkirk, Kiwi, Miss Millie's Questions, and we are now talking about Valerine and the City of a Thousand Planets. So let's continue with the interview. We were just talking about all the different characters and how the acting is. So let's talk about the perspective from Arjun. So what did you think about the acting? So, with the acting, I, again, I have to agree with Arjun. The acting was one of the things I liked least about this film. The main characters, they did a good job. Like, they were entertaining to watch. I feel like why I didn't like them, they didn't <clears throat> seem like they were very emotional. Like, their voices, both of their voices were kind of raspy and kind of, not monotone, but really dry to where you didn't feel much emotion from their characters. So that's what I have to say about the acting. Everyone else in this film did a good job, and they did too. It was just their voices kind of brought me out of it, and I could, I know they can't really change that. So it's not their fault. But my favorite character has to be General Octobar, played by Sam Spurrell. I, I really liked like what Arjun talked about a little bit. He went through this character arc, and I thought he was just going to be, like, one of those side characters that's there to move the plot along. And he was, but they they went about it so well. I It felt to me like he was another one of the huge main characters. And I, I really liked his arc and all his character development that happened during the film. And that's my favorite actor by far. Well, that's absolutely fantastic. And who's your favorite actor, Arjun? 
Clive Owen as Commander Fillet. I thought he was just really good. Like like I mentioned, he was really ne- nefarious. Like, you don't know what he's up to. He has this sinister side to him. Even though he says, like, he's this hero and he's, like, the commander. He He's in charge of this um, incorporation. But you can tell he really has this side to him with all these classified files, which I thought was really interesting. And once the truth is finally figured out, I thought that was a really interesting revelation. So also, other than that, um, I know that there is a plenty of different things, like w- the storyline and such sounds really interesting to me. So what did you think about the storyline as well? And let's start off with um, uh, Arjun. All right, so I thought the storyline was good for the most part. Like, the main, the main plot of the movie involving, like, this mystery surrounding an alien species, I thought that was really interesting. But the side plots really detract away from the main storyline. There, si- there is a bunch of side plots in this movie, and the movie takes, like, many turns in every single place, which doesn't really make sense. And there's something which I can't, like, spoil, which happens to Rihanna's character, Bubble, in the movie, it just felt unnecessary and out of place. Like, I don't know why that happened. Um, and, of course, I think, like, the main the main storyline is really good. And, of course, the special effects always... It didn't keep me, like, bored when the side plots are kind of going out of line. Because the special effects were just amazing the whole time. And what did you think about this, Tristan? Yeah, uh, again, I have to agree with Arjun. I guess we felt pretty much the same way about the movie. What happened to uh, Rihanna's character, Bubbles, uh, it was on a, It felt like they just really wanted to bring her character out of the movie. Or maybe she would have been kind of too useful later on in the plot. And I'm not going to spoil it. But there were a lot of subplots. I didn't feel like all of them took away from the movie. Like It felt like if you're playing a video game, you have to do some side quests at some points, and I felt like that's what they were trying to uh, bring about with the subplots. Like, they they helped progress the movie a little bit more, but there were a couple of them that felt really unnecessary, and that's another thing. I just want to say real quick, the second thing that I didn't like about this movie was it felt like, not that they revealed so much in the trailers, but it felt like, apart from every pretty much every action sequence in the movie was in the trailers. And that's something I just don't, I'm not really a big fan of. Really? Because I, I actually really liked a lot of different things and aspects that they had. And I really do. I'm looking forward to this. For me, it sounds really, really fantastic. And what would you give um, the age range for this wonderful film? Let's start off with you, Arjun. I think I'd go with the 10 to 18. Some of the action could be intense, but it, it's got that Star Wars like feel to it. So none of it's like super bloody or intense. Like it's got a really like fun aspect to it, and it's it's not that intense to be honest. And I think there was like a little bit of bad language, and there's some innuendo here and there. Wow, really? I did not expect that. And what did you think about what age range would you give this, Tristan? I'd give it 11 to 18, pretty much for the same reasons. There was some, there was a lot of fantasy violence, but there wasn't too much blood and gore, and I like that. So I'd have to stick it with 11 to 18, but there would be a lot of adults that would enjoy this movie. I feel like a large variety of adults would. 
Well, like, yeah, definitely sci-fi films. I mean, it sounds absolutely fantastic. All kinds of different genres would probably like this because there is a um, definitely a lot of collision in here, like mystery and many others that would probably enjoy this as well. So I would definitely check it out. And also, how many stars would you give this film? Let's start off with you, Arjun. I would give this a four out of five stars. Um, even though my flaws may seem like a lot, when you're watching the movie, you're just so fascinated by the special effects, the way Luke Besson's directing style, which has never been a complaint in any of his movies. The, the dude just knows how to direct scenes and like, it's just so beautiful to look at. And I mean, the main plot is really interesting. You're, you're interested to see where it goes and just the special effects and all of it. It's just really good to look at. And how about you, Tristan? How many stars would you give this wonderful film? I would also give it four out of five stars. It was just, it was really enjoyable. If you have kids, if you're an adult and you have kids over the age of 11, I would, I would totally bring the whole family to see this movie. Well, thank you so much. It's fantastic talking to you, and I hope to talk to you later on. Thank you. Thank you. So let's take a break. I am Morgan Brian Birch, co-hosting with Jerry, and I'm 12 years old in sunny LA, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. And the sponsor for the day is My Little Pony Equestria Girls Magical Movie Night. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. tuned in to kids first coming attractions on the voice america kids channel Shh, turn off your phone another movie review is coming up hey welcome back i'm jerry Orris, and you're listening to kids first coming attractions we were just finished talking about three fantastic brand new films but so now we're going to switch on to kids shows and we're going to be talking about a few kids shows we're going to first begin with kiwi season one and we're going to be talking to carla who is 12 and from new york city so carla can you tell us about this show and what did you think of it it's an educational DVD with um, 26 episodes about two kiwi birds named Tookie and Twenty who go out on adventures and teach kids how to spell out words in a fun way. I think it's good because um, it teaches little kids vocabulary and spelling. The kids learn new words and sounds that can help them learn how to spell words correctly and expand their vocabulary. 
Now, earlier when I was talking to another critic a few weeks ago, they said that the episodes were very short, right? Yeah, they're very short. So, like, for their for because the kids have short attention spans, probably. And do you think that's good for the stories, or do you think it's a little rushed because of that? No, I think it's good because like kids have short attention spans, so like they can't just because like if it's a long episode, like twenty minutes, like like a regular TV show, like other TV shows, like some other kids TV shows, like they would get bored or like change the channel or something. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And anything specifically stuck out to you that you learned from the show? I understand it's meant for kids, but anything interesting? Um, um, and something interesting that I found, it's not like what I learned, but like I saw like the animation, it's like clay, which is not really used right now, but it, it's like not too popular, but because like computer animation is more used, but it's very cool that they're like bringing they're trying to bring it back and like to bring it back but in a good way you know i i i I myself i love claymation and stop motion animation i think it's a beautiful art form and i really don't know why it's not used more because it's easier it's faster and in my opinion it just looks so so nice now that animation style do you think it fits the story well or do you think that they could have done more with it it fits the story well like the, the kiwi birds, like, they look nice and, like, it, because, like, there's a bunch of characters in it that, like, they're not reoccurring, but, um, but, like, they come in, um, and, like, when they look like clay, it looks like the kids could, like, make it themselves and they're like, oh, I, ooh, look, this is new. I've never seen this before. Like, <laughs> well, that's something that's kind of interesting. And do you have a favorite episode? Because I know you said there was, like, 26 or around that episodes. One of my favorite is um the one with one a rabbit. Like the kiwi birds went to a restaurant. They were like ordering food and stuff, and they were teaching kids how to like how to spell out some words that are like food. And the rabbit, like he tried to like eat the cake that was the that the kiwi birds ordered. It was very funny. Like <laughs> kids would love would enjoy that. And is humor something that's very common in the show, or was that just like a one time thing? No, humor is in the show. It's like a cute little funny show that kids, like little kids, would love and like laugh at a lot. So speaking of little kids, what exact age range you give it? Since you did say several times it is meant for the younger audience. Um, I recommend it to ages three to six. So then they can learn how to like spell words. And then when they go to school, like they could be like ahead of their class. It is always good to be ahead of class and, you know, it helps you progress faster. Now, was it only focusing on spelling or was it on grammar or anything else part of uh, writing in general? There were, it was also about vocabulary and like how, how like kids like could have like expanded vocabulary. And there's like a little bit of grammar in there. That's good to give them kind of a whole picture of the subject. Now, do you feel like at times that they could have done more with the show, or do you think that it's good for education and it's good for kids? Do you feel at all that they could have improved on anything, I guess is my question. Um, I don't see anything that they could improve on. I thought it was like for kids, since um they're fascinated with a lot of stuff, that they would be like fascinated with the shows. It definitely does sound like a show that is really good for kids and would be good for their learning. 
Now, how many stars would you give it? I give it five out of five stars. Well, that sounds fantastic. Carla, thank you so much for talking to me about Kiwi Season 1. Thank you for interviewing me. Of course. For our viewers, if you'd like to try to get out, and it is now available now, you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Boys Merit Kids Network. We just finished talking about the kids show Kiwi Season 1. Now we're going to be talking to about another kids show, Millie Miss Question Season 1, but this time we're going to be speaking with Morgan, who's 12 and from L.A. So, Morgan... What did you think of the Millie Miss question season one? Well, long ago, in a dark and scary place, there was no such thing as internet or Google. So people had to ask others what they thought. They <laughs> asked other people questions, and back then they had to use their own brains in order to find answers to questions that they thought they would never get the answers to. So Miss Millie is fantastic. She's an inquisitive eight-year-old who is magnificent to me because she goes and asks um, her friends and her family like what they think about answers to questions such as why do we get embarrassed when we figure out things like about love and when we see people kissing and such? Why do we um, find out things like why do we get scared and what happens when before we're born and so many other inquisitive questions that I actually found really just fun to learn the answers to from her family and her friends. Now, this seems like a very interesting type of education. And before we start talking about the things it teaches you, what about the story? Is like there a story that motivates these questions or is it just telling you information? Um, Actually, there usually is like a little storyline because in the first one, um, what happens is Millie's little sister, who is absolutely adorable, her name is Lola, she rips out a bunch of pages in her uh, sister's book, and she's like, "What? Uh, where am I? And next thing you know, she's like, where was I? And um, Millie says, you weren't born yet. And they both ask, ask the question, well, where were we before we were born? And then they ask their friends and family, um, where were we before you were, we were born? What do you think the answer is? And then they usually like get the answers from all, all their friends and their family. And usually when they ask the parents or their um, family, the members who are older than them, like the answers, they usually give them like fun questions and answers. And they usually explain them to in ways that aren't too deep and detailed that kids will be like confused. But at the same time, they give them enough information that way the kids will understand what they're saying. Now, did you have anything that you learned from the show that you found interesting? Um, I actually found a lot of things interesting in this dvd like i thought nice or beautiful was a really fun episode um in the name of the law was actually something really cool because i'm actually learning about government right now in school so that could be really helpful for 12 year olds who are learning about government and uh such because like if they are learning about things like that currently or they learned about them in prior sessions in school you know that will be helpful for them and or they're studying your uh, government because they want to, you know, it'll just be fun. And also, I thought that um, just fun things like that um, here and there in the episodes are really just different and unique. And the way that they explain them really will teach kids that it's okay to um, ask other people questions and not always use Google and the internet because it's some at, at some points in time, you know, you always need to ask other people what they think because you don't all you're not always going to have a computer right in front of you or your phone it is so true and there may be a time because blackouts still happen the internet can still go down 
where we're not going to have Google. So it's definitely good to make kids inquisitive and for them to know that's okay to ask questions. Now, what is the age range? Because you're talking about things they're learning to show from feelings to our very, very complicated political system. So what would you say the age range is? Um, I would have to say that the age range for this would be eight years old to 14 years old, because kids that are younger than eight will probably not understand the topics that are being talked about. They'll be a little bit like confused, but kids that are eight and to 14 will understand them perfectly. And then kids that are older will probably think that Miss Millie questions is like too immature for them because they'll probably have already learned these topics in school or will have learned them from their parents. So that might have been something that, you know, they'll be like, ah, I've already heard of that before. That makes sense. It does seem like it's more of a preteen or tween kind of type of show. But how many stars do you give it and why? Um, I would have to say that I would give this five out of five in quiz tube shooting stars because of the lessons that it teaches and also because of the reason that it's really fun and inquisitive and everything. And I really just loved all the characters. And my favorite episode, Singing the Truth, was really fun because whenever you hear someone sing the, say the truth, it kind of hurts sometimes, um, especially when your fam friends or family or even your mom, you know, tells you, I don't like the way you did this or, you know, they say something that can really hurt. Um, you can just be like, darn, I didn't like that, you know. And sometimes you ask for it and then you're like, I shouldn't have asked for that. But singing the truth helped me find a way um, to tell my friends the truth without hurting their feelings, which I really did enjoy. You know, I do think that is a fantastic message. It is very hard to do correctly, constructive and just standard criticism. So I'm glad they do teach that. Well, Morgan, thank you so much for talking to me about Millie Miss Question Season 1. Thank you so much for having me. Of course, for our viewers, if you'd like to check it out, it is now available now. It seems like a fantastic series for kids. Thanks so much for joining us. You have been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Be sure to watch our video reviews of the latest film and DVD releases, and to learn how you can become a Kids First film critic as well, go to www.kidsfirst.org. Don't forget to check out our blog in the teen section of the Huffington Post. This show is produced by the Coalition for Quality Children's Media on the Voice America Kids Network. Today's show is sponsored by My Little Pony, Quest Your Girls, Magical Movie Night. Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Now you know more about which movies are playing and can make an informed decision. Tune in again next week.